Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Um, so we split up last week's show into two parts. Why? Because Elsa can't stop talking. Can't stop talking, couldn't stop the conversation, could not let this poor man go. Who am I talking about? Pastor John Paul from Solid Rock Church at Market Common. Um, he is a repeat guest because uh, he's just one of my favorite humans. I I think he's uh, absolutely fantastic. And uh, I, I'm learning just so, so much uh, through him uh, about uh, growing my faith and, and all of these uh, just amazing, amazing things that are happening on this journey um, into faith. And uh, I love having him on the show. He gives such great insights. And, and I think, you know, one of the things that I especially love and that I feel is so important to share with people is the way that um, Pastor John Paul brings you to faith. Um, it is with a humbleness that, um, you know, he owns his humanity, that he's just a guy. He's just a man who who loves Jesus and, and knows the word really, really, really well and wants to bring people to Jesus. And um, the way that he does it is so inviting and so encouraging and so real and honest and um uh, boy oh boy i mean i just uh, i really get so much out of it and uh, i think that anyone that that watches uh, probably will too i mean you know is there somebody that won't sure of course i mean you know everybody isn't for everybody right we know that but uh, yeah, I, I really do want you to go check them out. Um, you know, I, I feel like I should give the disclaimer that I don't, there's, I, there's no, um, it's not a paid endorsement or anything like that. I, I, there's, this is just a, just a love fest. That's all it is, guys. Love for the church, uh, love for the pastor and the message that he brings. And, and it, it's a, it's a truly special experience. I just can't say enough about it. I really can't. I could probably just sit here the entire, um, you know, little pre pre interview and, and just say how great it is. <laughs> but, uh, I, I guess the motivation behind that is because I, I want you to have that in your life. And, um, I want everybody to have that in their life. I want everyone to feel this joyful and this peaceful and um, fulfilled. Fulfilled is the word, really. And uh, that is never to say that life is without chaos and life is without strife and struggle and difficulties and challenges and, uh, you know, roller coaster of everything. Um, all of those things exist. All of those things happen constantly. Um, but it's the peace in the storm that you get when, uh, when you know Jesus. So it's, uh, that simple really. And, uh, I would say if you're watching this and you're rolling your eyes or you're a cynic, or you're just so tired of hearing it from Christians, um, I would probably say that you probably need this more than anyone else. And it's only because, you know, your resistance is probably coming from a, a, a deep well of, of hurt or dissatisfaction or disappointment. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things we talk about in the interview is um, our disappointment in humanity, right? That's a common sentiment and feeling that I think, you know, we all kind of universally share. We're just so disheartened and tired of people being people. And uh, the thing that makes my heart so happy 
about Christianity is that it's a relationship with God. It's a relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And it is not of the human realm. It's, I mean, we're the human, so I guess we're still part of that, but, uh, but you get to be connected to something greater than everything else. And uh, in a world where things are very ugly, uh, very unpleasant right now, it's, it's great to know that you can have that, that that is, is something that exists for you, for anyone, whosoever, whosoever. I mean, that's a, that's a great word, isn't it? I think it's a great word. I love that word. But yeah, whosoever believes, that's all you have to do. So yeah, I am, I'm done. I'm done preaching to you. <laughs> and uh, let's get back to the interview. This is part two of my interview with Pastor JP from Solid Rock Church at Market Commons. So I hope you enjoy the rest of it. So what would you say? So I'll, so first I'll, I'll tell you the, the very first uh, sermon series that I watched was yours, one of yours, and uh, it was Psalm 23. No particular reason why I chose that one. Um, I, I, I think it was because I kind of sort of knew it. I knew the part that everybody knows, you know, yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That was like the only thing I knew. And I'm like, well, okay, let me see what this one's all about. And from that moment on, that was the one that did it for me that this is how I want to start my week. This is how I want to learn and, and, and absorb all of this. Um, so what, if there's one, what sermon series would you maybe recommend for, for a baby Christian? <laughs> um, I'm going to say something. It might not be what, um, what anyone would think I would say, but so I think the most important subject, and this is just from my research and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm only 44, but I'm actually planning on preaching this at my funeral. I, I, when I die, I don't want someone else preaching my funeral. I want to preach my funeral. So I'm going to record my funeral message and it'll be played when I'm, my body's laying there in the casket. Cause I think it's so important. And I don't want the funeral to be about me. I want it to be about something that I want everyone to take away, you know, and, and take to God. I honestly think, and this is going to sound weird, I think the most important topic in the entire Bible and the thing that every Christian, whether they're new, they've been saved for 20 years, everyone, I think the most important thing there is, is tithing. And I'll tell you why. I've studied human nature. I've studied America and I've studied the Bible and I've studied history. And everything points to the fact that money and the love of it is the root of all evil, not money itself, but the love of it. And so I tell my children, the one thing I've instilled in them more than anything else, and the thing that I want to take and, and preach at my own funeral is everybody needs to find a church and be a faithful tither, because the Bible says the number one thing that can steal your heart away from Jesus, away from your family, away from your mission in life is money. And it's the ultimate test to bring Jesus 10% of our income and not designate it. In other words, we have no control. It belongs to him. And the Bible says that where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And so if someone's struggling with pornography, if they're struggling with um, uh, negativity, if they're struggling with depression, if they're struggling with alcohol, whatever their struggle is, if they'll get their heart in the kingdom, then everything else will follow their heart. But the only way to get your heart there is for your money to be there. And it's the biggest test in the Bible. Solomon he prayed and God said, I'll give you anything you want. And he said, I'll, I want wisdom. And he said, God said, you didn't ask for money. You asked for wisdom. So I'm going to give you money and everything else along with it. 
because you'd rather have me. You love me more than you love money. The test for Abraham all the way up to Jesus telling his disciples in Matthew 23, 23, you ought to tithe. And Jesus actually implied it was baby Christian stuff. It is harder to show mercy. It's harder to be gracious towards somebody you don't like than it is to honor God with the first 10%. And so by me instilling that in my children, even when I'm dead and gone, I know that their heart will always be in the kingdom and their life, their marriage, their relationships, it'll always follow their heart. But your heart has to get there first. And the Bible says you can't serve God and money. Out of all the things he could say you can't serve or the thing that would battle, he chooses money to be that thing. And the truth is we we do like money and we do want more and we do think about it a lot. We do worry about it a lot. And all of that is stealing our energy, our time, our, our intimate resources from trusting God and going forward. And so I would dare say that the most important message in the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation is get your finances in order with what God says. And I know that's not a, a, a exciting topic for new Christians. It's not even an exciting topic really for, for older Christians, mature <laughs> Christians. But um, biblically speaking, I believe with all of my heart, if our money belongs to Jesus, then our life will always follow that direction. But if our money is not his and it is ours and we do whatever we want to with it, then no matter how hard we struggle or try or push ourselves, we'll never truly follow Jesus and the call that's on our life. And 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 and, and money is nothing. It, it, his streets are made of gold. So our dirt is his gold up in heaven. And when, when, when one of the disciples needed money, Jesus said, well, go cast a line into the lake. And a, a gold coin was in a fish's mouth. So money's not a problem. And Jesus doesn't have a problem giving us money. The problem is, is when we start to serve that money or love that money more than him. When in the Old Testament, the idols they made were out of money. They were out of gold. Mm -hmm. It was something they, they put on a higher pedestal than they did God. And so if we can pass that test with all of my heart, no matter what we battle or what we're facing, if we're honoring God in the area of our finances, I believe that everything will go in that direction as well. So that is my message to mankind, if you will. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I, I like that. It, it makes a lot of sense. And, and granted, I also saw, you know, some of uh, what you, what you spoke about that and, and kind of ex expanded on it too. And I, I like one of the things, well, I liked everything that you said, but one of the things that you said, maybe not directly related to this, but it does all tie in, um, was that we tend to ask God for big things, right? Like we go right for the big stuff. God, you know, please let me win the lottery. Since we're talking about money, let's talk about money. You know, God, please let me win the lottery. And God is looking down going, well, you can't even handle what you have. Like you're making a mess of your thing. You, you're asking for this money because you've mismanaged your money and you, you have little and your debts are high and, and you can't, you know, you can't handle what you have. So why would I give you more? Why would I give you more for you not to be able to handle it? So handle what you have, you know, do what you're supposed to do with it. And, and then the riches can come to you, you know, potentially whatever, you know, whatever, whatever his will is. But, yeah. um, but yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, and I'll only speak for myself. I don't want to speak for anybody else. Um, because my only um, experience in, in church or with church was the Catholic church. And I don't mean to bash. I know there's a lot of Catholics, tons of Catholics. I'm not bashing. I'm just sharing my experience for anybody who's watching, you know, whatever you're whatever. Um, 
But I remember two instances with the Catholic Church. Um, granted, we didn't go in with the right heart. It, definitely. When my kids were little, we did what we were supposed to do, which was get them baptized and yeah. like first communion, I think. I don't even know if we got that far, to be honest with you. But what I remember is, is the first case of sitting down w- with the priest and before he, we said more than hello, we're so-and-so, we'd like to blah, blah, blah. Um, he handed over, and I kid you not, he handed over a stack of envelopes. Oh, my if you, Yeah, an actual stack. And he said, if you can't make it in, just send these in. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that right away made Listen, me I, I grew up in churches like that where the pastor's begging for money and the mm-hmm. offering plate goes around and it's not enough and he sends it back out again. And so you'll learn when you come to our church in a few months that um, we don't even take up an offering. There's never been an offering yeah. plate in our entire church from the beginning. We don't pass a basket. Mm-hmm. We don't, you know, there's none of that stuff because I teach it. And if they want to, they do. And if they don't, they don't. It's complete. I don't want to manipulate, especially manipulate emotionally or spiritually. Somebody right. Like that. right. And so it's so sad that the church, especially in the 70s and 80s, um, mm-hmm. that they would take something that I think should be so pure and so joyful and turn it into a way uh, to manipulate people to do things, you know, rather than just show them the scripture and let them right. make the decision if they're going to or not. But, yeah. And it's such a different mindset now with the church we're in now. And what I've learned from you, um, this is, we're happy to give, like we're happy to give, we're happy to put into developing our church and help. And what we get out of it is so amazing. Like, you know, would you go to a restaurant and expect you, you know, the finest meal for free? Like, you know, would you go in and you know what I mean? So, I mean, if you're getting so much out of something, it's only natural and, and right to want to give back and to be a part of, you know? So, yeah, I mean, what a totally different perspective and and presentation of everything now than that experience. And again, I'm not saying I don't have no idea if every Catholic church does it like that. I know people who love their church. Like I, I, you know, somebody's, I know somebody's going to come in and they're like, how dare you? (laughs) I mean, yeah, you have to ask yourself, would would you see Jesus doing that? That's what I always, would you see Jesus acting like that? Would you see him, you know, trying to manipulate people or force them to do something they didn't really want to do or didn't feel comfortable. But, you know, also I want my children to have godly wisdom in that area. And I want them to not love money so that if they're making minimum wage, but they love their job, then don't go for the one where you're making a million dollars and you hate your job, you know, stick with what you love and enjoy your family. Enjoy what God's given you. I have friends that are multi, I have several friends that are multimillionaires and the ones that don't tithe are miserable. All they worry about is money I mean, they will stab you in the back for five dollars. And I don't want that to ever have a hold on my life or my children's lives. And so I would rather live in a smaller house and drive a used car, but be happy and enjoy my life and not lay in bed thinking about the stock market or money or whatever, than to have a million dollars and and always worry, you know, and, and right. afraid someone's ripping me off or you know, afraid that this is going to happen to my finances. And mm-hmm. I want to know that I trust God enough to where if my house burns to the ground, he'll take care of me and I'll be okay. So. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm actually, uh, I'm like the, you know, the, the joke used to be when my kids were little, you know, I used to volunteer for everything, you know, everything, PTA, all this stuff, everything, I'll volunteer for everything. And, and uh, you know, I was called a professional volunteer. They would joke and say, you know, if you got paid for all the volunteering you did, you'd be rich. <laughs> <laughs> 
as a well. <laughs> they don't call it a job. They call it volunteer. So, you know, but I, I really, I mean, it, that's how I kind of relate that, what you said in my mind, like, gosh, I just, I loved that so much because it was pure. It was such a pure thing, you know, that um, you're just, you're giving and you're getting so much out of it. And, you know, this is a case, you know, we do, we, we're not in heaven yet. We live on earth. So, so the right. church does right. need money to, you know, to provide for, for us, for, for everybody in it. So, and you, your church, oh my God, the things that you have going on, you want to talk, we're, I'm, I know I'm keeping you a little over time here, but you have so many amazing things happening right now. Uh, you know, a few years ago, the church wasn't growing and um, we were doing our best and didn't know why. And then all of a sudden COVID hits and um, every church shut down and we thought, well, you know what? I don't want to shut down. And I maybe shut down for three weeks and we started back and I thought there'd be maybe 12, 15 people. And all of a sudden it just started growing by the hundreds. And so um, we have no seats left. I mean, it's our praise God. We have people sitting up on stage trying to find spaces for them, two full services, and so um, we're expanding and we, we were going to expand on our property, but we started a, a school. It's doing great. And so we need more than what we have. So we just purchased 28 acres uh, last week, um, right down the street from where we're at. And we're already planning the building process and all of that. And so we're really excited and it's all Jesus. And um, I'm trying to not stress and just trust him, which is sometimes difficult for me in areas that I'm not very knowledgeable in, like construction and things like that. Sure. So, um, but we're excited and we know God's going to take care of it. And, and it's we'll beautiful. Get there. We'll get it's there. so beautiful. And uh, I want to encourage everyone because you do talk about it in a little more detail in, in some of the sermons and I'm not even going to tell anybody which ones. Now you got to go watch them all guys. Go watch them all. <laughs> find out you want, you want like the deep cut story here. Go watch and you'll find out. Cause it's, it's actually, uh, Wow. I brought, I I brought me to tears. Surprise, surprise. Many times listening to you tell uh, how some of these things have come about and it's, it's so amazing and powerful, a beautiful Testament to what you're doing there. And uh, you know, what you're building there is, is such a, um, it's just incredible. I I'm so excited to be like this little tiny fringe part of it. And uh, as pastor JP just said, I get to meet him in person in September. So I'm super excited. Awesome. Um, I will try and talk less. <laughs> It'll be great. It'll be I'm great. looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome. All right. So uh, I do this to you every time and put you a spot again. Uh, do I get you back again another time? Yes, ma'am. Can't wait. Awesome. All right. We'll, we'll line up our questions and thoughts and ideas for the next one. And uh, you all can um, chime in if you want us to talk about anything particular. If you have questions that uh, Pastor John Paul can answer for you, because you know I can't answer them, but he can, um, send them in. We want to hear them and we want to talk to you guys. Uh, Pastor JP, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Elsa. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. We'll see you guys in the next one. Take care.